0: Uh, this morning, I uh, let me back up. Th- this past week, uh, as I'm walking through Scripture, uh, I'm, I'm always saying, "God, I just need some real, tangible life on life kind of situations to bring it home, uh, make it real to me." You know, if it's a, if this is the Living Word, eh, God, would you just make it alive for me in in real ways? And it's been like I said earlier this morning, it's been a busy kind of go, go, go kind of week, and so as I was coming in this morning, it's like, okay, I'm just going to jump right into it and just, we're, we're going to bring it home. Well, this morning, I picked up my my caramel macchiato through the drive-thru, had a nice conversation with the barista, and... uh Drove on and had my my little David Crowder moment. It was about two minutes in between New Lenox Starbucks and uh, the Mokina Panera, where I had this wonderful egg, cheese, and bacon sandwich. If you've never had it, get it. Phenomenal. It's delicious. Well, in line, um, I was standing there, and all of a sudden this woman came in. And she was, like, on this mission. And I'm going, dear God, not this one. It was that one. And she she came up. She had to kind of step behind the, the ordering line to check out the boards and what was all going on. Just a am going, God, what, what are you going to do here? Please just quickly make my sandwich and let me go. It wasn't one of those situations. God didn't let me go. So I'm standing in line over waiting for my food. And she just goes, well, good morning. I'm Eleanor. I'm going, <laughs> Good morning, Eleanor. And she goes, what are you doing today? I said, well, um, I'm a pastor, and I'm on my way to, uh, to church this morning to preach. She goes, oh, you're just the man that I need to talk to then. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> dang, I am uh, just the guy that I need to talk to. Um, and she, she goes, listen, um, what do you think about Barack Obama? I go, oh, crap. (laughs) So she's she's charged, and I can tell she has an opinion, and she's not quite there, and we're already on first-name basis. And so everything is stacking up against me, I felt like. And I said, well, why don't you tell me what you think? She goes, oh, yeah, it's one of those hot topics. Well, today, my church and I, we are going to, uh, you know where Route 52 and Route 59 comes by the BP? There's kind of a frontage road right there. Well, we're having a freedom rally. rally. I go, oh, what does that mean? And she goes, well, we believe, some of us believe that he's the Antichrist. And that um, there's this tyrannical rule that's really going on behind the seeds, I'm go, scenes. And I go, Lord, you got a sense of humor here. What is going on? And she goes, yeah. I, I just really, I we we really think that he is the wrong man. That uh, that the forces of evil are using him. And I go, oh. I said, well, Eleanor, the the ironic thing, and the word I should have used is providential, is that this morning I'm preaching from Mark, where Jesus is talking to the Herodians, who are the the political people of the day, and the Pharisees the religious people of the day. And Jesus says this amazing thing where he says, Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And you know what happened, Eleanor? When when Jesus spoke those words, the people were amazed. She goes, oh, I know, but I don't think that this is right. I said, "Well, well, then what do we, Eleanor, what do we do with... Scripture where in Romans chapter 13 it says to submit to the authorities that God has placed there. In Timothy, that we're called to pray for these people and to support the leadership. I don't know. but I just really, and I'm just going, I'm getting nowhere. So this morning, it came like Technicolor for me. Um, very real. And I think that honestly, this is one of those hot subjects within the Church of Jesus Christ. It's At what place does religion, our our religious, our faith life, our life with Jesus Christ where we've been transformed out of the world but placed in the world to be transformers, to be reformers, to be changers of this world? How does that impact with the systems, the politics of the world which God has ordained for order, where God has placed them in authority over us? And so uh, I want you to jump into Mark chapter uh, 12 with me. I want you to follow along, grab a Bible along the edge, and follow along and listen to this. I am not just, if you're, you're a political activist this morning, I am not um, going to uh, lead you to the Freedom Rally this afternoon, whether you're Democrat or Republican. Um, we're, we're not going to do that. I think that's ridiculous. Um, but I... And I'm not going to just talk about politics. In in fact, I'm going to just land on one area that just, for me, hit hard. So follow along. We're going to start uh, at verse 13, chapter 12, verse 13, page uh, 848. And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came to him and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true. And do not care about anyone's opinion. For you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the word of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one. And, they said, and he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is on this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And to God, the things that are of God. And they marveled at him. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And to God, the things that are God's. We've got to understand, who, who is this, this audience? Who is this group of people? It, it was a very heightened time for, uh, the people of Israel. It was, it was the time of the Passover. So everybody was coming for worship. And they were required to pay a temple tax. And Jesus just tossed over, got done tossing over the tables of the, the, uh, money exchangers. Because they did not want to have on their money any image of another person. Because that in itself was idolatry. But they, they were getting so caught up in this whole thing of idolatry that they, they were missing, that they were, were not worshiping God at all. That they were in fact they were impeding other people for worship. But yet the Pharisees and, and the religious rulers of the day were out to get Jesus. And they were willing to do whatever it took to the point where they were willing to take in their blood enemies. The Herodians, the people who who were there to support King Herod, kind of this little puppet king over Israel, this little puppet king who who uh, kind of took orders from Rome. So these Herodians and these religious leaders were together in cahoots to get Jesus. You see, the Pharisees only cared really about outward forms of worship. They were, you know what, how we, how we walked, how we talked, who we talked with, what we did on a day-to-day basis, what books we read, what, what kind of clothing we wore, you know, were our, our clothing the right length, and who did we interact with, what courts are we found in, all those kind of things. They were all consumed about outward forms of worship. In fact, Jesus had very hard words. He called them whitewashed tombs. So on the outside, you look clean, you look beautiful, you look, man, radiant, but on the inside there is absolute death. You're a whitewashed tomb. Inside you it is nothing but pure decay. And that's the religious people of the day. Maybe it's church. Maybe us. Maybe me. Whitewashed tombs. But then there's the other side. The Herodians. The Herodians despised all religion. Anything that would impede their way of making money and caring for country. They cared more for pleasing people than for God. Whatever it took to get a system, a healthy system of life going, man, we will plow through people. We will do whatever it takes. And they are concerned more about pleasing people. That sounds like the church, huh? Where we're so consumed with how do we, how do we please people? How do we? Oh man, these are the people that. Are influential, or that might get me somewhere, or make me feel good because they're making me feel good. And we're so consumed with pleasing people that we miss God. And so these are the two people, the two groups of people that are coming to Jesus and saying, listen, you're a good teacher. We know that you aren't concerned with out, outward Uh, uh, appearances because we know we're we're whitewashed you're not concerned about that because you're more concerned with what you are more concerned with truly teaching the way of God so we got a question for you is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not See, this is a damned if you do, a damned if you don't question. It's a catch-22. If Jesus says, no, do not pay those taxes, immediately the Herodians go, thank you very much. Come with us. Or if he does say, pay those taxes, the Pharisees say, that's right. That's what we thought. He does not truly love God. And so Jesus says, I know your hypocrisy. I know the condition of your heart. So let me play your game. And he pulls out a coin. Now, if you know anything about me, and this is my, um, my quirkiness, and so what happens here stays here, right? This is family, right? Right? Eric, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I carry around in my pocket, well, if you didn't know, this past week was a huge birthday, and if you miss it, it's not mine, but um, this week, um, certain, a certain section of the world, of the Christian world, celebrated uh, 500, a 500-year birthday. In 1509, John Calvin was born. That's right. For those of you who don't know John Calvin, man... Let's pray. John Calvin is one of, uh, he's known as a Geneva scholar, a reformer uh, in the ways of uh, Martin Luther, who was well known for writing about the Reformation. What does it truly mean to be reformed? Um, And anyway, my quirkiness was, Jesus said, listen, uh, show me a denarius. Show me something that we're talking about. So for me, one of the things that I carry around is a coin of John Calvin. He's a funky-looking man, and uh, on the front is a is a handsome picture. You know, those are back in the days. If you've ever been to one of those uh, where the master's degrees are handed out, and you see sometimes the profs come down. And they got the funky little hats. Have you ever seen those days? It's kind of more the the, the Genevian. Genovian no Genovian is a uh, a Disney thing but uh, a Geneva they got these little hats and you know they wear their long kind of cloaks and stuff like that well he's got one of these hats on he's got one, he was in vogue back then cuz he had, kind of had one of these funky funky beards and anyway uh, and then on the back there's an inscription of one of his well-known sayings and one of his well-known sayings is to you i offer my heart lord to you I offer my heart, Lord, immediately, promptly, and sincerely. To you I offer my heart, Lord, promptly and sincerely. I feel like I should do show and tell. Here you go. I want him back because I'm incomplete as a Calvinist without it. Um But Jesus said, give me a coin. Show me what's on the coin. And on one side there was the image of uh, Tiberius Augustus, the the Caesar of the day. And Tiberius Augustus would would be the one during Jesus, uh, in a few days, he'd also be the Caesar that would see the death of Jesus Christ. He was also the one that when he was born, this is the same Caesar. And so there's a picture of this bald-looking, funky little man uh, on, on the one side of the coin. And then it says something about his character. An inscription on his back about the, how he is the high priest. He is the, the Holy One of all of of Rome. So that he is the one that is to be worshipped. And so you got this image of a, imprinted on a coin. And on top of that, it's a, a description of who he is. His holiness. And how he is set apart from everybody else. It's a description of him. And Jesus goes, ah, perfect. Perfect. Here's a coin. Whose inscription, whose picture and inscription is it? Ah, Caesar's. Absolutely. What is this? A coin of Caesar? Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. It's his. That's his coin. But let me tell you give to God. The things that belong to God. And if you were a good Hebrew listener, if you were a good Oriental listener, you would have heard many different layers there. It's not just like, oh, give to God what's God. Go find some more coins. Oh, no. Jesus is saying, no, there's something deeper that you've got to get here. And if you were a good Hebrew listener, immediately your mind would have shot all the way back to the writings of Moses. You would have shot back, and I want to challenge you, flip to the front. Keep your finger here. Flip to the front, Genesis chapter 1. They would have heard this this, this Moses writing this, this thing. Let me find it. Verse 27. And even one of the, if you look there, in, maybe in your Bible, like mine, it's kind of set off, it's kind of looking like poetry. It's one of those things that was regularly used in, in, in Hebrew worship, in, in temple worship, that was used in, uh, in their synagogues, talking about who they are, how they are set apart. So it says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. So you got Moses who is saying, listen, you are created in the image of God. The Herodians are going, that's right, pay the taxes. And the Jews are going, His image is on us. We are created in His image so it's not just our coins it's me it's not just our stuff that we give to god it's my whole self so god created man in his image we are image bearers if you are a believer of Je- in jesus christ a follower after him a disciple a christian one along the way of discovering who Jesus is, what true life is, found only in Him, then we are image bearers. Everywhere that we go, wherever we, we find ourselves, whoever we are interacting with, we are bearing the image of Jesus Christ. We are bearing the image of God. It's called the Imago Dei. The image of God is pressed upon us. We are different people. So wherever we go, like John Calvin said, Lord, I offer, offer you my heart promptly and sincerely because you know what? You are the, my creator. And I want to give this back to you as a, what? a means of worship. And, and the, the Jewish people were looking, you know, pulling out a, a Daenerys and they were giving this as a means of worship, as a way of offering a temple tax. And Jesus is saying, "Listen, I don't want your temple taxes. I want you. I want you completely and sincerely. I want you holy. So if you go into worship, this is what I want. I want a different people. I don't want a coin. I want you all. I want your time, your talents, your resources, your thoughts. I want your affections. I want it all. I want your opinions. I want your biases. I want it all. Because you are created in my image. That is who you are. Now the Jewish people are just amazed going, he speaks as if he's Moses. He speaks these these words that are true that we know very well. In in if Flip to, um, let's see, if you're if you got your finger in Mark, flip to your right a little bit, and find Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, go eat. Oh, Philippians, Colossians, popcorn. Find Ephesians. And find uh, Ephesians. Chapter 1, verse 13. And I love this. It says, In Him, so it's talking, no, let's go to 11. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purposes of Him, who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we might, uh, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him, in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were what? Sealed. With the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory so it's not only here's our image there's this this regal seal that is placed on us much like on the back of this coin this this tiberius denarius that has uh, a picture an image and on the back it has this beautiful seal of who he is it's like something like the pontificus maximus the, the the most high priest and so here Paul is saying, listen, not only were you predestined to be a part of this and you've been, you're made in the image of God, there's also this regal seal that says who you are and what is in store for you. A beautiful inheritance, sealed with the Holy Spirit, So, God indwelling within you. He says to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Do your duty. Vote. Pay your taxes. Do what you're supposed to do as a a citizen here on earth. Paul also says that we're, we're like aliens passing through this land. But our residency is somewhere else. But while we are here, we are to pray for those who are in charge. Those who, are, who God has placed over us. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Pray for those who are in need. But the crux, the most important thing that Jesus is landing on and it looks subtle, is, and to God, the things that are God's, render to God. The, the Greek word there is talking about paying a debt, to pay back something. Give back to God what is His due. Give to God the, the thing that he, he is requiring and asking of you. Because later on, Jesus is going to be talking to um, one of the re- certain religious leader, And he's going to say, uh, and we're going to come up to this in, uh, in two weeks. What is the most important commandment? And Jesus is going to say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like, like it. And love your neighbor. As yourself. She's saying, listen, this is what I want. I want you to love God completely and wholly. And that's how we're supposed to. How we're supposed to live. So to give to Caesar does not give Caesar, does not give the government carte blanche. It's not just saying, hey, do whatever you want. Jesus does more more than balance the statement when he says to render to God what's his. He is saying, God is Caesar's Lord. And one may owe Caesar what bears his image and his name, money, some of our time, our talents. However, one owes God what bears God's image and God's name. Exactly what we owe God becomes clear in Jesus' answer. Love the Lord your God with everything that you are. Everything that you are. Craig, why don't you throw this up? This is uh, one of the old church fathers. He says, uh, Render unto Caesar the image of Caesar, which is on money, and unto God the image of God, which is in man, so that thou givest to Caesar money unto God. Get, give us unto caesar money unto god thine own self we get so caught up in how do we live this how how do we do all of this how do we live in this tension martin luther said this the church of the new testament did not attempt to save its existence by making a concordat with nero and Domitian and Diocese in their great persecution, or by stirring up a revolution against these tyrants. Sounds like Eleanor this morning. Or by making an allegiance with the Persian Empire, but simply confessing the truth of the gospel and building up a truly confessing church whose members were prepared to die for their faith. Martin Luther is saying, listen, when the rubber meets the road, are you willing to identify yourself fully with Jesus Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to fully identify with Him With everything that you are, even to the point of being prepared to die for your faith, we're we're celebrating the Fourth of July this weekend. You know, you get all these, they spend thousands and thousands of dollars on lights up in the sky. And we can celebrate that. I think we can celebrate that as a, as a church. It's one of those things of common grace that we have with those who do not yet know Jesus Christ. And we can celebrate that freedom that we have as a country. But it is just a shadow of what true freedom can be like. Are, are we willing to be like the church in China which is extremely persecuted? What about the Christians in Iran, in Iraq, who who by simply confessing the truth of the gospel and building up a truly confessing church are willing to die for their faith? Because they recognize whose image they bear and whose name is upon them? Are we willing to be those kind of Americans Who are not just caught up in patriotism, the red, white, and blue, but caught up in the true cause, the cause of the cross, and willing to die again on a daily basis and say, Lord, I'm rendering to you everything that is yours. Here you go. Here's my life. All of it. We heard it last year. Ad nauseum. When we went through our stewardship series. Abraham Kuyper. Throw this up, Craig. Some of you should have it memorized by now. There's not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence which Christ who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. Everything. I want to talk about your finances, your time, your marriage, your relationships, your car, your, the air that you breathe. Christ goes, that's all Mine. Those are all gifts of Mine. So how are you going to use that to honor Me, to glorify Me? What, how are you going to use those things to further the kingdom? Because I said, render to God what is God's. Render to me what is mine. And it's you. Your whole self. You're concerned about your finances? Rightly so. Maybe you've made some foolish decisions. Maybe you've been poor stewards of my stuff that I've given to you. Maybe you're, you're, you're a poor steward in that not that you're spending it unwisely, but that you're hoarding it unwisely and God is going you know what render to me what is mine maybe you are complacent right where you're at you're comfortable here but please don't ever ask me to talk about my faith please don't ever ask me I love Bob talking about how he he kind of broke some of the rules and shared with one of those young ladies about you know what Life is a gift from God. Maybe you're comfortable with never serving, but wanting to be served. Using and not using your time, your talents. Hi, Jude. Not using your time, your talents, and your treasures in any way to further the kingdom of God. And Jesus today still speaks to us. Render. Render to Caesar what's Caesar's. But know that I am sovereign over Caesar. So give to me. Give to me what is mine. So. Let's process it. What is it? That Christ is saying this morning. How do we respond back to this king who desires our whole? How is it that we we worship? How is it that you worship? How is it that we offer back to the King of Kings and Lords of Lords? I need a time from somebody because my watch has stopped. What time is it? 11.30? What time are we supposed to be done? 11.30? Quarter to 12. Thanks, Tiff. Here's the thing. I think this weekend, as we gather again together... Is a great time as community comes together. Different faces, different places, different personalities. Where we can sit together and wrestle. And ask the questions. How is it that we, we render our whole lives back to Christ? How is it that I can encourage you... How can I encourage Andy? How can I encourage Emily? How can I encourage Kendra? How can I encourage Brand To How can we encourage one another to give our whole lives to Christ? How can we as a community give our whole corporate lives to Christ and His cause? I don't have a program. Some of you are going, thank God. But I don't have a program it's not meant to be lived out in a program. It's meant to be lived out in the day-to-day moments. Flesh on flesh. Life on life. Brothers and sisters working it out together. In the book of 1 Corinthians, I refuse to send you home without communion. In the book of First Corinthians, um, Paul talks very clearly about how um, life with Christ is meant to be, and how what it means to um, come together at a meal and to share this meal together. And some of us this morning need to be extremely honest and say, you know what? Um, I'm much like this 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 church in Corinth. And and Paul says, here are the instructions. When you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. Because you guys are messing it up. Or in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it is in part because of uh, a couple people. Some factions that are going on. I hear that there's some eating and drinking, some communing, and some uh, you're getting drunk on some wine. But listen. Verse 23 of chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that He was betrayed, took the bread, and when He had given thanks, he broke it and said, "This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me." In the same way, also he took the cup after the supper, saying, "This is the cup of the new covenant in my body. Do this as often as you um, as you eat this. Do this oh, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes." Whoever, therefore, eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let each person examine himself. So in light of Scripture this morning, examine yourself. What is it that this morning you need to say, Lord, here it is. I don't have it figured out. And you know what? It might be 10, 15 years before I have it figured out. But here it is. Lord, I'm rendering to you what is yours. You're the healer. You're the redeemer of my life. You're the one who sanctifies and changes me to be made more into your image. So we're going to celebrate communion. And Tiff has given us permission till quarter till. But some of you need to take some time and and get right before God. And maybe get right with someone else here. Maybe you need to hop on the cell phone, step outside for a little bit, and get right with somebody else. Leave a text message. Hey, call me. I've got something to figure out with you. Dad. Mom, sister, friend, brother. Because we want to offer our whole self. So with those who are serving communion, please come forward. things are ready.